0: This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley's pasture-raised chicken sticks. I'm super excited to share Paleo Valley's brand new pasture-raised chicken sticks. These chicken sticks are made from 100% pasture-raised chicken and organic spices that are preserved using natural fermentation rather than preservatives. So yes, no fake stuff or additives here. These chicken sticks are sourced from regenerative family farms raised on American pastures and each stick is free of chemicals, antibiotics, pesticides, and added hormones. Paleo Valley's chicken sticks are a perfect snack packed with 7 grams of protein and frankly a great value without skimping on quality. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.com slash nwj and use code nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks again for listening and supporting this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. And today I'm... very excited. I have with me Sylvia Tabor, who is better known as biohacking chick. She is a health coach. She helps you optimize better health. And she is also the mastermind behind carnivore snacks. If you have not tried carnivore snacks, it is probably the best carnivore snack. And I'm not a big fan of a lot of dry meats. But this um, meat is a perfect option. So Sylvia, thanks for um, joining me if you can sort of introduce yourself and let everyone know that doesn't know you who you are.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to sort of meet you. <laughs> I'm still hoping we can meet in person. Um, who am I? I mean, that's a that question can be pretty deep, but um, I am a coach, a uh, health coach. Um, a lot of people reach out to me for carnivore coaching. Uh, that's not the only thing I do. I pretty much um, work with people to optimize their health from not just nutrition standpoint, but also like their environment, lifestyle, and all that good stuff. So that's mainly uh, what I do. Um, aside from that, you know, I'm just, you know, the standard average person just trying to be uh, the best uh, version of myself that can be, you know, a, an improved day by day, so yeah, and, and um, I don't know if you want me to talk about a little bit of my background when it comes to, like, the nutrition and um, yes. so my... So if you
0: can talk a little bit about nutrition, kind of how you found carnivore and how you just sort of landed on be- meat-based being kind of the best for your body.
1: Yeah, um, I uh, I moved to U.S. when I was 13 and back, um, and I moved from Poland. And in Poland, I basically was raised on a small farm. And we grew everything. We made our own bread. We had our own animals. And that was where I came from to standard American diet at age of 13. And I started kind of the, developing a lot of health issues. And even back in Poland, I had a lot of gut uh, the, the gut healing that I needed to do. And moving here to U.S. It definitely didn't help with that, you know, just eating a lot of processed food and all the the cookies, candies, everything I could get my hands on, that kind of make things even worse. And very quickly, I have learned that something was going on. And for me, it was always, for whatever reason, it was always like nutrition, like I knew it was something that had to do, do with that. Um, so very early in my um, age, I started being very curious about food and nutrition and whole just like health, you know, and In high school I was very active I played um, soccer and I was getting injured very often and that was kind of like what's going on over here you know and then on top of that I didn't really have that much energy either so in back in high school I even started looking into like low carb diet and because very quickly I started gaining weight and, you know, when you're a teenager, that's probably not the best idea to go on a diet or, or you know, start cutting calories or, do, or doing any fasting or any that type of stuff. But uh, regardless, I did start doing that very early um, in my uh, uh, teenage years. And later on, I kind of in, in college, trying to improve my athletic Abilities. I started even cleaning up my diet even more. I started um, getting away from wheat, dairy, um, any grains, and all that stuff. Cleaning up my diet even more, and then of course, like many people who probably go on a vegan diets, I watched all the documentaries that kind of, you know, stirred me th- towards going vegan. And at that point, when I switched from um, already eating healthy, I was eating just fruits, vegetables, um, some nuts, and um, meat, a little bit of chicken and fish here and there, um, I went, I switched to vegan diet. And that um, did not help me with my uh, uh, playing sports or running, which I did a lot when I was in college. Um I actually started feeling worse like uh, going from semi you know healthy diet or I thought was healthy to vegan and then I went raw vegan thinking that if I go raw you know the enzymes in the raw foods and vegetables fruits and vegetables will give me more energy you know so at least that was the promise be- behind going a raw vegan So it was that, but it was um, mostly like, you know, thinking that, oh, I'm going to save the planet by going vegan, you know. So that was kind of like what led me into the whole vegan journey. And then from vegan, um, I went to just fruitarian diet, which was basically just eating fruits and maybe a little bit of greens, like towards the end of the day. Um, Because I've developed a lot of Food sensitivities at that time. I couldn't handle, even pea protein was giving me a lot of uh, joint pain, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out why. And then the nuts and seeds were absolutely no uh, no go for me anymore, even though I was sprouting them and doing like all the stuff that they tell you to do in order to make them more uh, bioavailable and to get rid of all the anti nutrients. And at that point, my gut was already so bad that even doing that didn't help at all. So I went through that stage. uh, And then after going through fruitarian diet, I developed like a massive binge eating um, disorder. And from that, it kind of turned to bulimia. And I struggled with that for six years. And I was very uh, convinced that it's not... Um, like going to a uh, psychiatrist is not going to help me through this. I knew it was something uh, physical in my physiology. I knew that it was related to food, that I was missing something in my diet. And from that, I uh, stumbled upon uh, Dr. Jack Cruz, who was talking about the leptin reset diet. And essentially it was carnivore diet. He was only recommending 20 grams of net carbs. uh, And he was, just kind of like oh if you need to but if you don't like you don't have to like eat vegetables if you don't want to so at that point I'm like well I don't even feel like eating any vegetables so I was just eating um, meat I started with um um a lot of pork pork loin all that stuff and then I kind of switched over to more seafood um based uh leptin reset what he called it and after just two weeks, I noticed like the binging and purging, like stopped, like my brain just like didn't want to do that anymore. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is it. This is working for me, you know? So after, a, and for me, like a binging and purging was basically like multiple times a day. So to go two weeks without that, yeah. it was just a miracle. It was like, Oh my God, this is like my, my, my thing, you know, I can stick to this. And after that, I kind of um, started adding in a little bit more um, vegetables and a little bit more fruits. And, and then um, I kind of like went off of, you know, just eating like a lot of meat, because then, of course, I was listening to that, oh, my God, you need fiber, you need this and that in your diet, like, how are you getting all your nutrients and without the fruits and vegetables. So then I kind of went back into that you know thinking like oh i need the fiber i need all of that so i started putting it back in and i started noticing i'm like oh my gosh like why am i getting bloated you know why am i getting like so much uh brain fog you know i'm i'm just eating vegetables and fruits you know and then the whole ketogenic diet popped in you know and i started experimenting with that and With ketogenic diet, you know, of course you can go into ketosis just through, you know, uh, going lower on your either calories or carbs, you know, or or both. But um, they also, at that time, there was also a lot of like MCT oils uh, and um, beta hydroxybutyrate this and that, you know. And I was always interested into improving myself and always open to trying new stuff so of course i started with mct oil and my gut did not like it whatsoever my brain did but because like as soon as i would take it my brain would just like turn on you know and then but my gut was just like no 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 like it i would the pain i would get from taking mct oil i would be like on the floor from pain from from it and I'm like, I did a little bit more research into that, you know, and then I figured, you know, it's MCT is essentially antimicrobial. It does kill like the bad stuff and the good stuff as well. And then if you're on top of that, have any gut issues, it will it will not work in a positive way. You know, like a lot of people experience like all the energy, like physical energy, mental energy on top of that. So I did experience a little bit of that, but I just couldn't keep taking it and deal with the pain. So I went through my ketogenic phase. And then um, during that time, I was kind of like, plant based keto. And because I was measuring all the ketones and all that stuff. And I noticed like, Oh, if I lower my protein, my ketones are higher, you know, but at the same time, I didn't necessarily feel any better, you know, so it's like, I was going for that number. But at you know, it didn't mean that I was feeling better. And during that time, I developed necrotizing fasciitis, which is uh, flesh eating bacteria, and it was on my torso. And when I got into the hospital, it started spreading very quickly. I went through pretty much hell at the hospital. But afterwards, my gut was even worse. I went through three surgeries. I have two IVs in each arm with antibiotics um, hooked up to me in order to fight the infection. Um, and afterwards, after all of that, my gut health got even worse. And even drinking water would make my uh, uh, gut like burn. And it was, it was painful. I'm like, oh my God, I can't eat anything. I can't even drink water at this point. So, I decided I was going to go back to, um, cooked vegan diet because I started reading about like medical medium. I'm sure many of your listeners are probably familiar (laughs) with that. And he recommends a lot of cooked starchy, uh, vegan plant, uh, plants basically. So I started doing that and very quickly, like I started developing again, um, the the binging and the thoughts of purging and that scared me and at that point uh one of the people i follow on instagram he posted something about the carnivore diet that he's going to be eating only um meat i'm like he's crazy like what is he doing he's gonna get cancer like colon cancer all that stuff you know and then uh, another guy uh kind of pointed me towards uh sean baker's interview with brian muncie um and i'm like i listened to it i'm like oh my god that that sounds pretty you know straightforward and good and i'm like okay let me try that you know like i i don't want to go back to my past you know, with, with bulimia and all that stuff. So I'm like, I'm just gonna give it a try. I'm gonna go against like everything I learned, I believed. I'm just gonna give it a go, and I did. And that was over two years ago. And I'm I'm still doing the whole carnivore craziness. And now I, it feels like everybody's doing carnivore. You know, yeah. it goes from vegan to carnivore, and and I'm kind of happy to he- to see that because it's a very very healing diet.
0: Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. I agree. I mean, it's interesting, a lot of the things you talk about, like I struggled with bulimia as well. And, and it took the kind of carnivore diet, even from the ketogenic diet to heal me from that. Um, I think even with the little bit of carbs allowed on a keto diet, I would still kind of fall back into I think it was like the sugar cravings. Um, And then what's also interesting is how you just talked about um, NCT oils. And Yeah, I've actually heard that pretty often, um, that some people, even though it is antimicrobial, um, whether it's coconut oil, or um, MCT oil, and maybe MCT oil is a little bit better than coconut oil. But there are people that you know, when you have really severe gut health um, issues that you probably shouldn't be taking those. And so the there's a company I work with um, for gut health support, and they're not fans of coconut oil and MCT yeah. oil, you know, that's one that they're like, yeah, we don't recommend that. And it's interesting. Yeah, exactly.
1: You're- and the thing with um, coconut oil is I very early, um, even in my vegan days, I couldn't use it because I would get really inflamed from it and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I don't know if it's, is it, that yeah, it's it- in or yeah, I, I wasn't sure what it was. And then um, with the MCT, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. So I think, um, I think what they said was, so some of it is the salicylates for um, uh, of the anti nutrients, but I think they said, the amount of concentration of these saturated fats, there's something that irritates the gut. And so it was something about that, that I don't, it's it's actually one of our YouTube videos. But um, yeah, I, I just remember her bringing that up and talking. Yeah. About so I bet and- you can fix the both though
1: yeah and what was interesting to me was that you know with mct oil i would not get the inflammation Mm -hmm. but then i would notice a lot of a lot of stress on my adrenals it was almost Mm -hmm. like somebody just like squeezed my adrenals especially when i tried doing like you know the bulletproof coffees you know in the morning fasted and all i would have like i wouldn't even add the the butter to it just the mct oil and the powdered stuff from I'm not gonna mention the company name but the powder stuff was easier on my gut so the liquid stuff was very painful mm-hmm. uh, on my gut but the powder stuff was was better but i still noticed like a lot of that like stress on my even my hormones and like in my brain did feel amazing but i just felt like my adrenals were just being squeezed i'm like Oh my God. And then, you know, like with adrenal fatigue, which I used to have in the past, Mm -hmm. like a little bit of something like that, it has a really profound negative effect on me. So I like, once that happens, once that I noticed that I'm like, I'm I'm not going to be taking it, you know, even though like I would have like really good brain, uh, positive brain effects. But yeah.
0: And it makes sense. I mean, when you're drinking coffee, that that taxes the adrenals, and you're fasting, and then you're taking MCTs, which essentially lets the fat get absorbed through your body really quickly. And yes, it benefits your brain, but if you don't have the gut health, then it can actually, you know, uh, um, negatively impact that. And then also, you know, like I don't know if you've noticed, but. MCT oils now are coming in um, plastic bottles, they're not even in glass now. And so you don't even know if you're getting the proper ones. I mean, I think like you say, it, you really should listen to your body if it even makes sense for you to consume. And um, so you know, through your diet, one, how have you kind of healed your adrenals? Um, You know, that's a big topic that, you know, a lot of people talk about is, oh, you know, even though I've gone carnivore, my hormones aren't you know, still the best or I'm still having adrenal fatigue. So how, how did you kind of manage that on a um, meat based diet?
1: Um, for me, it was, I've noticed that if I go higher on fat, like it's easier on my adrenals, mm-hmm. if I app my protein, so if I eat leaner cuts of meat, it's a little bit harder, like I do feel like that, you know, instead of being energized after a meal, I feel tired and sleepy, you know, so That was my clue. And then um, a lot of also that helped my adrenals was I I used to fast a lot and I used to work out a lot. And the combination of the two of those is for me, at least for my body, I noticed that it just didn't work well. Like my adrenals would just oh my god, it, it was hard for me to operate, you know. I would get sleepy, tired, and even you know, later on when I overdid on on fasting you know and i would do i would literally eat like twice a week and i would work out like a maniac during that time that's a and i burnt i i burnt and i crashed really hard and i learned the hard way and it takes a while to recover from that and for me i'm the type of person that was very active from very early age for me to stop working out was very hard but i knew i had to do it First of all, I didn't even have the energy in the morning to, to even go for a walk because I felt like I was sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was basically stop fasting. I would still do um, intermittent fasting, but mostly because my second meal would be so big that I didn't feel like eating for basically like 16 hours, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I was basing that on how full I feel, how hungry I am, you know, and it was, wouldn't be anything forced. But I wouldn't do like 24-hour fasts. So I would stop those and definitely wouldn't fast for longer than um, wouldn't do any like three-day fasts, which I used to do as well. Um, and then I would also, like I said, cut my working out. But that was basically by force, you know, it was like my body telling me like, Nope, you're not going to like, if you want to sleepwalk, sleepwalk, you know, or you can stay in bed and get your rest, you know, so that was the main things. And like I said, going higher on fat, and then lower on protein.
0: That's interesting, because um, I go, I went through the same thing. So I have adrenal fatigue as well. Like sometimes I'll get up and you know, it also might be a little bit of just low blood pressure because I've kind of had it my whole life too. So sometimes I get up really quickly and I get kind of dizzy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I noticed the days that I like don't really drink coffee, it helps that uh, too. Um, and, um, you know, like I used to do a lot of cardio and I do that less. But one thing that you're mentioning is, so when I have like a pound and a pound and a half of meat in a meal, I don't know if it was because I was like vegetarian almost for 12 years, but it's too much protein for me in one sitting. And it could be a ribeye, I, I could even add butter. But I get super sleepy after and, and then I would check my glucose numbers. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm in the diabetic range. And I think it was just too much. Yeah, I was like, I'd be like at 125. Um, and so I started cutting and that's when I broke apart my one meal a day until two meals and added more fat. And I'm noticing my energy is much better. Like, I don't get that. And it's weird because I would never think I would get sleepy after just a carnivorous meal, but I was. I was, my energy would just tank.
1: Yes. And I, I, I did that exactly the same thing when, yeah. you know, some people are such huge fans of OMAD one meal a day. Um, and I tried that and it works. But if you want to cram in like all the, uh, the calories that you need for the day in that one meal, especially when you are struggling with adrenal fatigue, that's not a good idea. Like you will basically just want to sleep after, after the meal, you know, and that's also what I did. You know, I would um, have like a period of time that I would eat and I would break down the big meals into smaller meals in order to get the energy to be able to even extract the energy from that meal. So yeah, that's definitely, you know, one of the things that helped me as well.
0: So what do you eat now in a day? Uh, what your I know everyone kind of varies in what they eat, but like what's a typical day look like for you?
1: Um Well, now I kind of and I feel like I go through like different stages like even through throughout the past two years, I've been you know trying higher protein, lower protein. I've been putting on fats very quickly, trying something else, you know, like that. Yes, yeah, the carnivore, but it, it was basically like, um, trying to, I've listened to a lot of uh, people who are carnivore and they say like, I can eat as much as I want and never gain weight. Like it's impossible to gain weight on carnivore. So I'm like, well, let me, Let me eat a little bit more than what I used to and I'm like and I started putting on weight very quickly I'm like am I just like different than everybody else Uh, you know that do you know It seems like calories don't matter and the other people who talk about it and for me if I eat essentially I was eating past my satiety levels but then once I started doing that, it was very easy to start just eating more and more and going back to what I was used to, let's say 1400 calories a day, going back to that from going up to like 2500 calories every day is hard because um, you essentially go past your leptin, you mess up your leptin, then all of that is not working as well as you used to so going back from eating all that all that food to trying to eat what your body actually needs was hard you know so i was experimenting a little bit with that and i'm pretty convinced now unless i'm a snowflake that you know if i overeat on carnivore or eat more on carnivore i just gain you know but i hear a lot of people talk about oh yeah i can just eat as much as i want and never gain So that wasn't my experience and I'm definitely, I, as much as I don't like counting calories on carnivore, and that was one of the reasons why I even stuck on it for so long was because I never had to, like my body essentially got to a point when it was telling me like, okay, if you have one more bite, I'm just going to throw up, which I never had before. You know like i always envied my brother and sister because they would have a sandwich and they're like oh my god i'm so stuffed i'm like what are you talking about i'm like i can eat like five more you know and i've had that for like my whole life pretty much but for me that was also related to working out you know your leptin levels and all the hormones are you know all linked to that as well so for me When I was experimenting with uh, with the carnivore diet and just doing, you know, going past my satiety, that messed up my hormones as well. And going back to um, where I used to be, I I would have to start counting calories. Otherwise, it would be just like, oh yeah, as long as it's carnivore, it's fine, you know. And I would still have that mentality. Oh, it doesn't matter how much it is, you know and yeah and i started putting on weight and then i started counting everything i was eating and for some people it can be very um you know stressful Mm -hmm. and it is you know but at the same time for me it was just more like okay this is what like look at it what it looks like how big it is this is what you were used to eating you know and this is what should satisfy you now and it took me a little, probably like two weeks to go back to that lower energy intake in order for for me to kind of like, okay, like I can lay off the counting. I I know like my body is back to just letting me know on its own, you know, what it needs. So... I went off on 10 tangents. You just asked me. No, I mean <laughs> Sorry um, about that. No, no. So
0: let me let's talk about this uh, weight gain real quick. So you know, like I've heard a lot about that too, right? Like, don't worry about how much meat you eat. I agree. When you're um, kind of going through the um, adaptation process of carnivore, yes. Like, um, don't worry about you know like how much meat, how many pounds you eat, what kinds of meat, because let's just get adapted um, so that you're not craving sugar and carbs and all that stuff. That makes a lot of sense. But afterward, um, like you're saying, if you pass that leptin, that kind of satiety point, you can definitely increase your um, like hunger cues, right? So I for um, I myself gained um, a good amount of weight too ever since going carnivore. And I know why because, you know, like if I'm stressed, I would just eat a bunch of cheese when I used to eat like chips, right? Um, And uh, cheese is a lot more calorically dense than chips. So like a little goes a long way. And I'm like, wow, like, um, like even with meat. So initially, when I was doing OMAD, um, I I was forcing myself to eat more and more because I mean, I don't think anyone comes to carnivore and can just put down a pound and a half of meat, if you weren't really eating that way before. So then you kind of forced it because you're like, No, no, I need to get this amount in. And so you're forcing your hormones to kind of adjust to that amount of eating. And then if you were to ever split your meals, now you are kind of more used to eating a lot more in a sitting. And so you're basically just Um, increasing your appetite, but you're not really burning it off. So then you will inevitably gain weight, right?
1: Exactly. And it's almost like you're looking for that volume, you know, it's like, Uh, oh my God, I can just like, definitely like visually even, you know, eat more and like your stomach also like, even though it's protein, it's not as bulky as fiber is, you're still kind of looking for that volume in the meal. And that's what was, that was, what was hard for me to go back to, you know, so yeah, it definitely took a little bit to go back to. And like I said, I had to go back to measuring because I did prior to, you know, carnivore, I did go through a phase of, you know, doing the macros and counting everything. And and I did that before and it was stressful. So that's why, you know, carnivore was very appealing to me, not needing to do that. So, but yeah, um, but to answer your original question, <laughs> what i'm eating in a day it's basically um i like new york strips like that's like my favorite um cut of meat i know a lot of people like their uh ribeyes um i do like new york strips so it's most of the time it's just new york strip i do um like adding um some grass-fed liver it's mostly chicken stuff like chicken liver because um beef liver is a little bit too too powerful too pungent for me (laughs) but i do like experimenting with organ meats like uh, i love beef tongue um beef heart is really good like i enjoy it um i don't think people should be forcing anything that they don't like you know it's it, and I see that a lot It's and they say like, oh, you know, because this doctor is saying that or or this person is saying that and they have, you know, 100,000 followers on, on Instagram, they must be right. I'm like, well, maybe, but like, if you are forcing this on yourself, like not enjoying it, like, are you going to be able to stick to this? Are you going to be able to be yeah. consistent with that diet? You know, it's the same thing with working out. It's like, can you be lifting 200 pounds, you know, doing squats with 200 pound barbell because this person is doing that. Like, I highly doubt it, you know. Especially if you're just starting out lifting, you know. So it's like, do what you're enjoying, you know, and and what you can stay consistent with, you know. And if if it's if organ meats are not your thing, like, don't do it, you know. It, you know, there are other ways to get your nutrients in.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean,
1: another thing I always
0: talk about is, um, you know, we need to get into kind of like that rest and relax state that parasympathetic state. And if you're like, having anxiety trying to put food down, you're probably in more of a stress state, and you're not going to even digest it better. And then you may not even absorb the nutrients that you're for like trying to force yourself to take. So I agree with you, if you want this to be a lifestyle and to it to be sustainable, you have to eat the meats you like and prepare it in the ways you want. Because otherwise, you, you're not going to be able to do it long-term, like you're saying. I mean, I, I think agree. those are really good words. Um, in terms of the New York strip, so do you add extra fat? Because you know you're saying you kind of do better, higher fat. Uh,
1: I don't. like Whatever is on there, it just seems to be like perfect for me. When I, I had a phase when I switched to um, eating ribeyes, um, mostly because they do have a higher, uh, higher fat content. And when I, I kind of like was plugging everything into a chronometer to see like the nutritional or macro uh, breakdown, and it turned out like ribeyes do have probably like almost 60% fat to protein, so and 40% protein. So I'm like, and I tried doing that, but for whatever reason, like I was not really getting satisfied with that. So for me, I do need a little bit more protein than that. You know, I would say probably like 60% of protein uh, versus like 60% of fat and then the rest, you know. So for me, it took, you know, a little bit figuring out like what really works for me. And then I do have some days where I just like don't feel like eating fatty at all. And I'll have just like fish or even chicken breast. And I know that many carnivores, they they, like gag when they see chicken breast, especially if skinless and boldness you know like sometimes I want that you know especially like I've noticed uh, now that I live I moved from um, California to Arizona and here it's much hotter during like the days when it's hundred something degrees outside I don't really feel like eating fatty meat like I just don't you know so I might eat either lighter or just you know like fish or shrimp even, you know, and I don't add any fat to it. So that's really really different. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I love that you have, you know, gone through this whole journey to figure out what's best for you more than just, you know, trying to follow some kind of dogma, whether it's like vegetarian or fruitarian or carnivore, it's just, yeah, most people don't eat fish because they're like, Oh, it's not fatty enough, right? Or even the chicken breast. But I'm glad that, you know, it's good to hear that. Um, you know, as a health coach, you are saying no, listen to your body, and everyone will be different. I mean, one thing that I know you shared in your stories, and I love that in your stories, you show a lot of your experimentations, and you talk about things that a lot of people in the carnivore space don't. So people, I definitely recommend you check out her stories on Instagram. Um, But you talked about how sometimes like connective tissue with your gut health, um, kind of flares like SIBO and CFO.
1: Um, Can you
0: talk a little bit about that? Because you know, like, as much as carnivore is healing, I want to also make sure that people are more realistic about carnivore and that there are some areas that are areas that aren't as ideal, right? So you can gain weight. I mean, it's a calorically heavy, um, calorically dense diet. And so if you overly eat, then you can gain weight, right? Especially if you've been under eating your whole life, or you decide to stop working out, you know, and not like kind of lift weights kind of thing. Um, So this is another one. So what's what's all about the connective tissue?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was um, very difficult for me, because I actually started um, drinking bone broth uh, in my keto days. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, whenever I would drink it, I would just go like, after drinking it, maybe 30 minutes later, I would spend a lot of time on the toilet. And I'm like, I'm like, what's going on over here? Like, is it it wasn't fatty, so I knew it wasn't the fat in it, you know, and then I would notice a lot of inflammation in my body. And the way I notice inflammation in my body is basically like my whole body kind of swells up mm-hmm. and I can tell because like I can't see my ankles anymore. And it's like you you can tell like I compress it and it's just like inflamed, you know. And then I would feel a lot of like brain inflammation as well, just mental fog. I'm like, what's going on here? Like I'm drinking this amazing bone broth that I make myself from like all this collagenous tissue, you know, and chicken feet that are sourced like from the most amazing farmer I could find, you know, and, and I was having a lot of problems with that. And then later on, I found out that, you know, like those type of tissue, like the connective tissue, all that stuff, is actually very fermentable in, in the gut. That's why, like a lot of carnivores, they don't need fiber because that connective tissue is essentially working as the plant fiber, and it's fermenting in the gut and supplying the the bacteria. But if you're struggling with something like SIBO and CIFO, um you will definitely get the negative effect of that you, that you would get from you know the plant material as well. So for me, like I would. Even eat like you know chicken feet when I would cook the bone broth. Like I would eat the skin off of the the feet, you know. And there's a lot of collagenous stuff in it, and I would very quickly like get sleepy and tired and bloated and end up on the toilet again. And I'm like, this is just crazy. And then later on, I found out that you know. I did struggle with SIFO. I did do a SIBO test that came back negative And my you know, gut doctor was like, well, what's going on over here? Like you, you don't have really, you don't have SIBO. Like this test mm-hmm. is coming back negative. But then I was experimenting with um, some foods that if you eat them, essentially you would, uh, they would cause SIBO uh, or SIFO issues. Mm-hmm. So I was eating them and every single one would uh, basically come back up. Uh, caused me th- those problems. So I figure like, okay, it is probably CFO. To test for Sifo is a little bit more challenging because yeah. you basically have to go through endoscopy. They take a, a test with a tube and then they send it to the lab if you really want to get a good test. So, you know, like my doctor wouldn't want to do that. So I just figured like, I'm going to eliminate like all the collagenous stuff. And sometimes even the there's like, a little uh, strip under the New York strip, under the fat that's a little bit collagenous. Mm-hmm. And when, I, when my CFO was really bad and it actually got worse with MCT oils, um, and it, it, when I was experimenting with that, even eating um, New York strip would cause me issues. And then I would start cutting that off, that layer of fat and that, that, that collagenous uh, layer, and I would be fine. You know so I'm like, I figure, like, yeah, that's for sure. default. and I did go on antibiotics. I, you know, I in the past I did try the herbal stuff, that mm-hmm. it never worked for me. Um, and this time I went on antibiotics, and it was a pretty safe antibiotic that doesn't really cause um, a lot of gut problems, doesn't kill off the good bacteria on the gut. Um, so I used that, and after I think it was two weeks. Uh, two or three weeks of taking it, all my issues pretty much resolved, you know, and then um, I was kind of contemplating of going, taking some good probiotics, but, you know, there are some stuff, some research that shows uh, benefits from probiotics, but I do believe that after pretty much three days, our uh, gut microbiome can go back on its own to um, where it used to be. So I kind of opted against it and I do feel pretty good right now and I'm not experiencing any issues with that anymore. So, and I can have bone broth that's made with, the, uh, you know, collagenous tissues versus like people who do suffer with SIBO or SIFO, they probably still can have bone broth, but only made with the uh, marrow bones without any of the collagenous stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I love that you're talking about this because you know most people think that the reason they can't have bone broth is just histamine intolerance, but yeah. I think there's more than that, right? So, um, I had a client that was watching your stories, made me go and watch the story where you're talking about the sibo sifo on your um the, you know, on even like a ribeye, just some of that like kind of like yeah. that chewy side if you have. SIBO or C4, or just some gut issues, um, it can, you know, it's kind of like a saccharide, like you're saying, um, and it can kind of affect your gut. And so my client started taking it off after watching your, um, your stories and her a lot of her runs were, um, you know, it, it actually helped out. So that was some of it. And then she did more functional testing to see you know but and she did have some gut issues but for the most part meat is very beneficial (laughs) but when you you know some gut health like c-diff if you have c-diff sometimes you have to take antibiotics right yeah you can't just try to heal it with a meat diet like it's not going to and that's where i think you know um where when we say meat and water heals everything i don't think that's fully true and i think right you can kind of test
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I hear some people go carnivore and they are having, you know, issues with diarrhea for a year after going carnivore. I'm like, that is not normal. I'm like, that is not normal. Maybe in the beginning stages, a month or two, like going through because your gut will go through some changes will get rid of some things. Yeah, that that might be normal. But if you're a year into carnivore and still struggling with diarrhea, that is absolutely not normal. And and that's what I tell people as well. It's like if you have C diff, you're not going to be able to cure it with carnivore diet Mm -hmm. and you have to go on antibiotics. I know a lot of people are against antibiotics and they want to go a different route, but trust me, like with C diff, you can, oh my God, you can deplete your body so badly, you know, like, trust me, like the antibiotics are going to save you. And I used to be that person too, where I absolutely wanted to avoid any and all antibiotics. And that's what I did when I had MRSA and then MRSA turned into necrotizing fasciitis, which almost took my life. Yeah. Because with MRSA, I refused to take antibiotics. So then, yeah, and I kind of, and I thought I cured it with taking massive doses of oregano oil and other and uh, antimicrobials, but then it came back with necrotizing fasciitis. so, yeah, so now i'm um I'm, I'm telling people like, I know you might hate antibiotics and you might worry about your gut, but there are easy ways to fix your gut, maybe not necessarily easier but you know, antibiotics can save your life. So it's like, that was my case, you know? And, and the same thing was for me with CIFO. I'm like, I'm not gonna take herbal stuff for years, hoping that it helps me. I'd rather take, you know, antibiotic for two weeks healed that and then you know with a carnivore diet like I was pretty confident that i you know my gut would be fine and it was you know so it's like yeah I, I guess you can pick uh, which route you want to go but I tell people like antibiotics are not the evil you know they they can definitely have a place in in healing
0: yeah no I agree I think um you know i I did have a client or I do have a client um' had C diff, and then she was kind of hesitant to get on um, antibiotics because oh, all this work I've been doing with carnivore to heal my gut. Um, and, you know, like we researched together, what are the consequences of not healing C diff quickly, and it's actually pretty bad. Um, and it's, you know, you could die from it, actually. So and I don't think oregano oil works for everyone, right? It's more of a lighter dose antivungal. Um, And you know, I always say this, but there's so many different types of antifungals. The reason is because it doesn't fix it for everybody and not everyone works, everybody's body works the same. So, you know, I I think it's probably not right to say no, all Western medicine is bad, right? I mean, there's a place for it. And for certain things that it is something to consider. Maybe if your kid gets an ear infection every month or so and taking that, maybe that's not the best, but for other things like C. diff, MRSA, you may need it. because it can save your life
1: exactly and i do think that it's individual as well like if you want to go the natural route that's fine you know like but just know that it might take a little bit longer you know for me i always feel like the plant um uh, the plant antimicrobial stuff like it doesn't really work for me like the oregano oil i would say like it did help a little bit but it's still you know like you don't really know if you're got rid of it 100 percent right. or not if it's still lingering in the back. So I kind of went from like being like the whole holistic person that will never take aspirin or anything else into like almost dying from basically not taking antibiotic, and now kind of believing like there is a place for it, mm-hmm. you know. And even with the antimicrobials, like. I, when recently it came back, the CIFO came back, um, I tried going the MCT route, which they t- they say, like, oh yeah, it can help. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that, and I was doing also the organo oil and other antimicrobials as well. And then, and I do believe that the MCT oil just made things worse. Right. So, it's definitely individual, definitely, you know, up to the person, like which route they want to go and they know the best, I, I think, you know, and even though they might think they don't know, but they do know, you know.
0: Carnivore, you know, as much as it's a healing diet, I think we need to also be more practical about it, right? Like even the weight gain. You know, a lot of people say just don't worry about ever exercising, eat as much meat as you want. But you know, if you're if you use food for like coping emotionally, um, you eat, eat, just keep pushing, you know, past your satiety limits, you will increase your appetite, right? And you will right. gain weight. So if you burn, you use, you consume more energy than you expend, then you will gain weight. Like that's just, it makes sense why you even did calorie counting for a while. Um, I think When we first do this diet, we're not sure like how much to eat. So we just kind of go with what other people say of like one to two pounds to three pounds. But you know, just doing your own macros to see what does that even mean when you're like making your own meats, and then just kind of eating this way is, um, I think it's beneficial. I actually started doing that to figure out because I have no idea how many calories are in meat. So I was just trying to figure out like, do I do better with 70% fat, you know, six, you know, and figuring that out. Because that sleepiness after meals was horrendous. Um, and, and so, and now I know like how much more like fat I would need to add to make it more 70. And I would never have known that if I didn't track for like a few days. Um, in that way, I think it's really beneficial. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, as we talk, what's really, you know, you're one of the, you know, more recent longer term carnivores, you know, like I, um, you're one of the first stories I've heard also going carnivore. And so you were an inspiration to me too. Um, you know, I think it's good to just hear that, you know, carnivore is again, like such a good tool, but it's not like this magic pill, right? So like with weight, um, you know, we still have to put in the effort of, you know, managing our weight, um, and working out and then even with our gut health, right? So obviously you have experienced so much of like the negative consequences of gut
1: health. And I even did go through uh, C-diff on a carnivore as well. That's why, oh, you know, like, yeah.
0: I didn't <laughs> and I really actually, know that.
1: Okay. Yeah, I actually did tests with Dr. Paul Saladino. He did a test, a run test for me, and he called me right away. He's like, oh, my God, like, you are you need, like, antibiotics, like, right now. Cause, and I knew something was off, and I thought, like, oh, my God, maybe it's another, like, C you know. Because like C diff, yes, it's like it, it can take your life. Like you know, yeah. a lot of people think it's just um, you know, oh diarrhea and here and there. Like no, like if, get antibiotics as soon as you can because they probably will save your life.
0: Yeah, and but, and, and I think that also goes to what we're talking about. Also, is that you know, sometimes we need testing, right? So a lot of people think, oh, I don't need a test. I know they're going to say my cholesterol is high on carnivore, So I don't need to go my inflammation is probably low. But sometimes with gut health, it is beneficial too. because my client wouldn't have known that she had C diff had she not tested and she wouldn't have known that she had um, some of the like, the she thought it was candida the whole time, but it was actually something more serious, right. And she only knew that because she tested. And so that's where she could properly get treated. And you're right, there are people I know that do carnivore for over a year and they're like oh if I just manage my fat then I won't have the runs but otherwise I have runs all the time and it's like it's not just managing the fat there's something wrong that you can't handle more fat right um a lot of people think it's just the rendered fat it's because I can't tolerate rendered fat and so therefore um I have the runs but I really think it's something beyond that and yeah Yeah. so it's um
1: it's either that or they say it's too much protein so i'm like yeah. and they say like it's individual it's either too much protein or it's either too much fat i'm like okay but what if it's none of those like what do you do then like you just go off and, and a lot of people actually do stuff carnivore because they just can't figure it out yeah but like to your point like yeah it might just take one test to figure out that it is SIBO, and just make you know small changes and be done with it, you know, and keep going carnivore and feeling great.
0: Yeah, I think the reason why these kind of symptoms kind of arise more on um, carnivore is because it's ultimately an elimination diet, right? So you remove all the toxins. And so then maybe your body will show more of some of the stuff that's been kind of lingering or hiding and that's when you can pinpoint easily. But I think so many people then end up kind of blaming carnivore like, oh, it doesn't work on my gut, but it's actually maybe you're that much closer to finding out what's wrong with your
1: gut, right? Exactly. And for me, when I did testing with Dr. Paul know we actually found out that I was deficient in a lot of nutrients, a lot of B vitamins, and um, I don't know if you want to talk about fasting a little bit, but that was the point when I was fasting a lot, mm-hmm. and not many people realize that you can become nutrient deficient if you overdo it. You know, if you go on those prolonged fasts, and on top of that, you uh, you exercise, you know, like crazy, and for me, like it was shocking to me because you know I used to be anemic, and then my anemia went away and when i first started carnivore and when i first started carnivore like the first year i wouldn't necessarily do like 24 hour fast um i would only do like intermittent fasting you know and that would be maybe like 16 18 hours um and i was fine like i was tracking my uh nutrition uh, nutritional values or vitamins and all that stuff and it was like spot on everything was perfect and then later on i started doing you know a little bit of 3 day water fast and then 5 day water fast i went into um, dry fasting for like 5 days oh, wow. um and but it wasn't like all in in one you know month or so but it spread out and then I started noticing more and more nutritional deficiencies and I was thinking like, what's going on over here? I'm still, you know, eating meat and I started eating more organ meats as well. And all these uh, nutritional deficiencies started popping up and as well as my anemia came back and it was, you know, my, when my doctor tests for anemia, he tests for all the uh, iron levels, you know, like the ferritin and, you know, like the, the, the blood and everything, mm-hmm. and I was empty on all levels. Oh, wow. So he's like, "Well, what's going on? Like, you're eating all this meat. You're eating all this liver, and I was eating raw liver too at that point, you know." And and then I realized, I'm like, maybe it is all the fasting that I've been doing. You know, maybe that's what's depleting me. So I'm kind of getting ready to retest everything again, and i stopped um, doing like 24 hour um, fasting sometimes. I do the intermittent fasting, but i it's very like sporadic. I do eat um kind of three smaller meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still end up like not eating for twelve hours before I have to eat again. So, um yeah, I'm trying to test again to see if uh, you know the reason for that was the all that fasting that I was doing, so we'll see, but i do I do believe, and I did hear um, few of my uh, colleagues who are also coaches within like they do carnivore and keto and their clients coming back with a lot of b vitamin deficiencies so we're kind of trying to figure out like what's going on over there that's really
0: interesting um so i took the oats test um and so it's, it's one of those function uh, functional tests and so i was b6 deficient um and but I attribute it. So I do fasting, but I don't do a ton of like extended fasting. So in general, it's just like 16, 18, sometimes 20. Um, But I attributed it to gut health. So like a lot of my clients that have gut, you know, dysbiosis, then when we, um, and they show some other B deficiencies as well. So and again, these are all carnivores. So it's again, another thing that everyone thinks, Oh, I'm good with B vitamins. But actually, I bet if a lot of the um, a lot of carnivores were to um, measure their uh, B vitamins, they may be deficient. And yes, um, maybe it is some of that extended fasting. It makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Um, But it could also be some of the gut health, you know, so like if your gut health is not well, then you won't break down and absorb the nutrients. And so because B vitamins are water soluble, you may just pee it out. So that's something else to consider. Yeah.
1: For me, I also thought that would be the issue, especially with the iron and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I did, you know, like I mentioned before, like first when I started carnivore, like all my, and I did test before going carnivore as well. And I was deficient on, on, on ketogenic diet. I was deficient in nutrients and I was still like borderline anemic. And then I went for a year on carnivore, all the deficiencies, um, Disappeared, Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: again, like then I started experimenting with the the fasting, and that's um, when I started noticing uh, deficiencies. So I would agree, you know, I would think I thought the same thing, you know, like oh, it's my gut; it's I'm not observing properly, Mm -hmm. and or maybe I don't have enough enzymes or you know uh, hydrochloric acid um but then again like i said like the first year was fine and then all of a sudden like i'm noticing and it was huge deficiencies as well it was b6 too and most of the b vitamins as well but b12 b12 is kind of tricky to to yeah. test for um but yeah my anemia was like the worst it has ever been so wow. so yeah um so that's kind of something that i'm trying to like figure out and see what's going on if it is the fasting
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to see your results. I, you know, if you feel better, I think that's a big indication of better health. Anyway, so do you supplement at all? Um, you know, other than um, when you know, when you're going through the antibiotic rounds, like, do you supplement with anything on carnivore?
1: Um, when I was going through the antibiotics, I did. Um, because I did feel like I almost was—I don't want to say was craving supplements, but when I was wanted to take them like i didn't feel like i don't want to take this versus like now where i kind of like think oh maybe i should take a b supplement or something like it just makes me it doesn't make me feel like i want to take it's almost like makes me feel nauseous like so uh, i'm like repulsed to take it now as opposed to before like i was fine with taking it so before yes i would I would take the uh I would take uh, methylated B complex and um I would never take um uh, iron supplement because I don't believe that that's a good route to go um but I was just eating more liver and eating more um kidneys and stuff like that and then Um, Sometimes I don't always feel like eating organ meats, so I would take a supplement form of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did start noticing, because we were, throughout this whole time, I was testing with my doctor and my iron levels did improve a little bit, but they're still like, they were bottom low. So um, you can definitely increase the iron level but just increasing the uh, organ meat consumption at least in my case i did um, but it still wasn't enough so i figured after that like stopping the you know excessive not necessarily excessive but the fasting and see what happens after that and right now i don't the supplement oh let me think i actually take the bpc 157 oral supplement which is supposed to, it's a a peptide and it's supposed to help, especially the oral uh, form of it because most of it, like you see it in the uh, (laughs) bodybuilder builder's forms and they use it for certain injuries and stuff like that. And I've used it when I went through um, knee surgery and I used it for that, but I never used the oral form. And now I'm using it to heal the gut lining and... Hopefully improve everything else because it also will help with inflammation and other stuff like that. So I do supplement with that now and kind of um, and I am seeing uh, improvements from that too. So, but that's that's the only thing. Yeah, that's the only thing. And I used to supplement when I was exercising a little bit more. I was supplementing with uh, magnesium, mm-hmm. but then if I take just a little bit too much magnesium, like I get the runs. So yeah and it it depends like what form as well but yeah uh, I don't do it now because I'm not exercising all that much okay yeah that's about it
0: what would you recommend to you know new people that are trying the carnivore diet for me
1: what worked the best was making it simple you know and And at the beginning with the carnivore, when I found out about carnivore diet, I found out through Dr. Sean Baker, and he's very popular when it comes to carnivore diet. He was basically just saying, you know, steak, water, and salt. And for me, that worked. That worked very well. And, you know, the least complicated and the least meal prep or whatnot, and and thinking about micronutrients and the glycine to methionine ratio, like, once I started going into that like I was just like oh my god that's too much you know yeah. like that's like dealing with the bodybuilder uh, macros and then breaking all that down like 40% fat 40% you know carbs and then 20 uh fat and then figuring it was like going back to those days I'm like that's too much for me you know mm-hmm. so I like the idea of of just doing it simple you know and if there are like figure out what's your favorite if you like ribeye the best and the way to make it like don't worry about what they say about burning the meat or that it's going to cause issues or it's going to cause cancer if you like your meat grill grill it you know it's like you're going to be fine and just make it prepared the way you like it and and if you can stay consistent with that for a long time you're going to experience a lot of healing you know so just yeah like i said just i guess make it simple you know make it simple enjoyable and be consistent
0: yeah i agree um i think that's really good advice i think the more complicated you make it and i always get the back end questions from people like I heard that you need to ground up um, like eggshells to get the calcium or people are putting um, glycine on top of their steak. Like what's that all about? And I always get, and I'm like, gosh, I had this recently.
1: <laughs> I, it's funny because like even prior to, to this whole, like putting even collagen on the steak, like I would add glycine to my water. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like the pain in my joints I got from that because glycine converts to oxalates in the body. Yes. And, you know, same thing with collagen and same thing with the collagenous tissue you know like in the bone broads you know some people who don't have the bacteria to break down the oxalates and who do struggle with gut issues they will experience that and for me it was so bad i could not walk so i'm like and then i would see a lot of people supplement with glycine i'm like that's all well and and good but i hope you don't get into the the pain that i got from doing all of that so people should be really careful, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know, what's interesting in that whole cycle, it was in one of my other YouTube videos, but if you are deficient in B6, the likelihood of it becoming oscillates is even more and I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm like such yeah. a big fan of bone broth, but maybe I should kind of back away a little bit and say, you know, depending on your health being A, B, C, then maybe you could do bone broth. You know,
1: exactly. And then, well, with bone broth, at least you're getting some uh, some nutrients with it. When you yeah. go into something that's so synthesized and so yeah. um, like exactly. one single nutrient, like glycine, like collagen, like people are not realizing that collagen should come with the b6 you know with other nutrients that help you you know synthesize that in your body in order to make it usable mm-hmm. and when you buy just that collagen that's so purified like you're causing more issues like you know Thank i you. get a lot of Thank clients <laughs> yeah i get a lot of clients who love their collagen with the coffee in the morning i'm like i don't know how you love it i mean good for you but you're not helping yourself out at all you know And then I would recommend them like stop drinking that but because they would complain about bloating as well. I'm like, stop drinking, doing that and see how you feel. And they feel amazing, you know, just with black coffee and like, yeah, there's, there's some good to it, but I feel like now with the more purified stuff and concentrated stuff, like those things are not necessarily good. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah.
0: Those collagen powders and peptides are so popular right now. Um, But, you know, I don't think people understand that it can become oxalates in your body, especially if you're B vitamin deficient, especially if you have gut problems. And then, you know, a lot of people promote glycine as, hey, it's that one sweet, kind of like Swedish uh, (laughs) flavor. So you can have a little bit of sweet. And then so people are starting to put that in their coffees as well. But all of that can cause more, right? Like
1: it can cause a lot of problems and that's why i'm like there's a reason why why it comes in a nice package of steak and one package like nice package of like whole animal that it works together because it comes with other nutrients you know so even like some people might not react to the collagen in the meat the connective tissue like Mm -hmm. all that with the meat that also has b vitamins in it it will help you you know but if you go to that one single nutrient, sleep, and then you're just eating it on its own. Like, it's, I can't see a benefit in that.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think it's good. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not the lone one because I brought it up <laughs> recently. And then people are like, this is the first time I've ever heard this. And it's like, so do you think I'm making it up? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. because people are so on the collagen, peptide, hydraulic, um, hydrolyzed um, proteins and yeah, but I mean, and it's, it's in
1: but, everything now. Now they're uh, they already made coffees with that. They're you can see the vital proteins, water with the collagen. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, this is insane. But you know.
0: yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit about your um your, your carnivore snacks, right? Like I've tasted so many different you know carnivore <laughs> snacks because you know you sometimes you want to eat something like pork rinds or beef jerky and nothing is as good as your carnivore snacks um uh, my kids love it my husband's like wow there's something that wants you to wants me to come back to the um bag and then eat a little more there's like this umami flavor maybe it's a little bit of the salt with the the meat texture but if you want to talk a little bit about it you know what made you think of this brilliant snack and then like when is it going to be available and all that good stuff
1: oh thank you i appreciate that um well i kind of created it from for like selfish reasons because (laughs) later on I started traveling a lot and you know even though most of the places you can get some meat thing you know like I I like supporting um, local and I like supporting uh, regenerative farming and it, to me it is important like those are the reasons why I went vegan back in the day thinking that I could save the planet that way but when I went carnivore like for me grass fed and just you know not even grass fed but working with the local farmers supporting um, their family like was important to me so i always wanted to have something that's nutritious and that's is not loaded like with all the garlic that's like my body doesn't agree with that whatsoever and then all the you know apple cider vinegars or other uh, fillers that basically they used to make the weight and you know going into that business I learned (laughs) how making a weight is important in order to make money from from Mm -hmm. making a product you know and everywhere I went they were telling me like you 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 won't even have a company because this is not profitable I'm like well let's see let's make it profitable you know so um i wanted to create something that's nutritious that doesn't have any chemicals in it that was just you know salt and meat and that came from the place that i you know that i believe in because a lot of the jerkies out there even though they might be grass-fed like they are sourced from outside of the u.s you know and i do want to make sure that you know we're supporting us uh, farmers you know that are doing the hard work they're making sure that their animals are treated properly that are raised in the right way and they're improving the environment at the same time so that was important to me that's why i, I went into uh, on this whole journey you know and basically it, it started from just me wanting to have a good quality meat in my in my backpack you know whenever i travel or go you know so so that was that and I'm excited because we're hoping to to start the whole thing the Kickstarter like back in December I think of last year and it's been just a huge journey trying to find the right people to work with you know that are kind of passionate about the same things that I am and we are finally launching April 22nd and that's going to be an earth day and I thought like what a perfect day to launch this because i do believe that this product will support you know the regenerative farming and and it will be nutritious and you know and it, it will like you won't have to sacrifice anything when you travel or when you just want something healthy
0: like I've dried some meat before, and it does not taste like your meat. It was um, and I like that, you know, they're in kind of um, portioned out, you know, bags so that if I wanted a full meal with one, um, and you have ones that are more leaner cut and more, you know, fattier cuts like ribeye. And so it's just a great option, um, a real meal option when you're literally on the go, and you don't have to worry about sourcing the quality of the meat and, and it tastes good. It's not like, oh, I have to kind of muscle through eating this. That doesn't taste good. I mean, it's really good. I mean, definitely will be. Yeah. Okay. So I will um, put all your information about carnivore snacks um, in the show notes so that people can buy it and try it because yeah, it's really good.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And yeah, if people wanna sign up for the uh, email list, it's uh, a Carnivore snacks with an x at dn.com and if they do subscribe to the list or enter their uh, phone number they will be notified when they are like the first ones to like oh. get the best deal on the kickstarter because it is important with the kickstarter to like get you know it up up front as many people as possible especially in the first 48 hours in order for the project to be successful Mm -hmm. then we definitely want it to be successful so we can actually get it out to people so if people could do that for us that would be amazing and and really really appreciate it
0: okay um well you know as we're closing i mean is there anything else you want to share any Advice. Um, just anything about the carnivore diet? Um, oh, one question is Do you think carnivore is kind of for everyone? Like, everyone could find benefits in it? Do you think there are some people that, you know, maybe it's not for them?
1: I do think that it's, uh, I don't think it's for everyone. Like, I honestly think that it, it can, it can, I mean, it is an elimination diet and it is very restrictive and to many people it feels very restrictive like for me it doesn't that's why i've been on it for over two years and if if i felt restricted on it in any way whatsoever i would not have done it for so long and so yeah i I think that for those who feel like if they cannot survive without uh having sweet potato every day i mean there's nothing wrong with that you know to add that in you know as long as you know that that sweet potato is not causing you any joint pain or any other autoimmune issues you know but then if you're just lying to yourself because you want to eat it then it's a wholly totally different story you know but yeah i don't think it's for everyone you know and you kind of like people have to figure out um a way of eating that does for them that can, they can be consistent with that makes them feel healthy mentally and physically because that's important
0: if you're not at that point that you want to commit not just for weight loss right but for like healing or something's just like oh man i'm willing to go just all meat based because something's wrong with my health um then i think it's hard to stay um carnivore because if it's just ca- it's not a fad diet and it's not a, uh, right so it's not something like that um so where can people find you
1: oh. um i'm at uh biohacking that chick and i do need to change that because <laughs> i don't like the biohacking thing but um but that's where i'm at on instagram and that's mainly where i'm at although i'm not super active on it because i'm quite busy even this whole coronavirus time i'm still working full-time and I'm not active, but I still try to put out some information on it. And that's probably like the main place people can find me at. And I have links there if people want some coaching or whatnot. So um, yeah, that's the main place.
0: Okay, and I'll put it in the show notes again, too. Well, thank you so much for your time. This is so helpful. I think, you know, it's, it gives a more realistic glimpse into the carnivore diet. And I just appreciate your candor and just um, you know, just your wisdom on it. So, thank you very much um, again. And I'll you. bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast.